Gospel message. In today's gospel message, I just want to talk about our Heavenly Father. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to use this opportunity for a few minutes just to redirect our focus on this God that we are privileged to serve and who he is. I know we worship him. I know we acknowledge for we who are privileged to have been called to know him and to seek him and to worship him. But every now and then I'm reminded, I hear something or his spirit opens up a word to me and I'm just reminded of just how awesome this God is and not just how awesome he is in being God, but how he loves us and how merciful he is, has been, and continues to be to us throughout the ages. And this Jesus, this son of God that we, that we acknowledge and quite often we treat quite disrespectfully. And I say that because, not because we do it intentionally, but I think we forget. Either we forget or we just don't know. And there's a lot in this message, but I'm not going to go into too much detail only because of the, the platform that this is. But I just want to highlight who Jesus is for one second and why it is important for us to to come back every now and then come out of our human needs come out of our human blindness come out of our limitation and what do I mean by that need blindness and limitation this world and the things we want and the things we need and even though we say this is not our focus too often we are so clouded by our needs in this world, our wants in this world, our suffering in this world, and we forget the big picture. We forget the new heaven and the new earth and everything that we are working towards. And when the Lord opens up the scripture for us to get a glimpse of what he's doing, and why he's doing it and what he's having to sacrifice or has had to sacrifice in order for it to happen. I think when we see it, we have no other recourse but to pause. And as the Bible says, repent in, in sackcloth and ashes because we do this God a disservice. We do him a disservice every single day. And when we recognize the disservice that we do God, it is nothing but remorse. It is nothing but repentance because our God is a good God. He is a good God. He is a good God. So I'm going to just start quickly and it's going to be really, really quick. But in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, we're reminded again of what God did, what God did to, to, to save us, 
So we all know of the story of creation in Genesis. We know of the fall of man with the serpent coming to deceive. We know of sin now becoming predominant and we inherited the sin of Adam and not just the sin because it's not just the, the works of sin, but it's really the predisposition to sin, the, the ability and the, 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 the preclusion for man to just be able to, to sin, to transgress against God. And knowing that it is so easy and knowing that we are God because we've already fallen into the curse of the transgression, the soul that sins must die. We were already there. So God in his love, in his love, he sent us, he sent his son to come and die for us, to come and redeem us, to give us an opportunity to be reconciled to God. And the it wasn't 1 Corinthians 15 that I was actually looking to go to. It was actually what I talked about last week, which was in Isaiah. And how God, again, he said he sent his arm. Meaning he sent of himself, God, the son, Jesus is God in the flesh. Now, when we say Jesus is God in the flesh, Jesus is God in the flesh for the purpose of redemption. Jesus, we know him as Jesus because he had to be given a name as a human being. All as humans, God named Adam when he created him. And then Adam gave his wife the name Eve. But when God created male and female, according to Genesis 5, he named them Adam. So God has always been in the business of naming. And every name has a significance. So when Jesus, the son of God, now came, he said, God said, his name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And we know that that was the purpose of Jesus. So he came into the world. He was given a name that was above every name. And that name, of course, has a meaning. Emmanuel, God with us. So when we think about Jesus, let us not think that Jesus' existence came when he manifested himself in human flesh in this world. The son existed before then. He existed in the beginning before time. As the book of John rightly tells us, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. We know Jesus is the living word because again, the Bible, this same John chapter one says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the word, this living word existed before he came into the world as flesh and blood. The Godhead, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. And for all we preachers and, and the pastors and the evangelists and everybody who reads the Bible on their own. And we who try to come in and we think we have it all figured out for everything that the Lord reveals us. There's still a magnificent mystery in the Godhead that God will, we will not see until all things are brought to fulfillment and we will be in awe. I just know it. We will be, we will be flabbergasted about the magnificence of this God. And when things, when all things are made known, we will be like, I think we will be beyond wow, because it'll just be amazing. But God has given us enough 
for the purpose of evangelism, for the purpose of us even having an understanding for ourselves. But the word existed before he was born of a virgin and was named Jesus for the purpose of saving us from our sins, for the purpose of taking on our sin that we might receive life everlasting. He came as flesh and blood for that purpose. But prior to that, he was already in existence. And that was why Jesus said to God and during the course of his life, he says that you may restore the glory that I once had with you. The glory that I had with you from the beginning of time. So let us understand what Jesus, and when I say about us just not giving Jesus his due, because he came down and made himself to be of no reputation for us. We, yeah, yeah, this Jesus, so I mean, we do things and we say things and we treat him in ways. Oh my goodness, that he is so not deserving of. This is he. Who the Bible tells us all things were created by him. This is John chapter 1 verse 3. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Think about this glory. When he says give me the glory that I had with you. Imagine, this is Jesus. All things were created by him. And there was nothing created that was not created by him. If we fast forward to the book of Colossians. And in the book of Colossians, it also talks about the supremacy of Christ. He says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature for by him, this is Colossians chapter one, verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him, all things consist. Can you imagine the power? Now also, let us not be mistaken to think Jesus is only about the New Testament or that, that the New Testament is the only place where we find Jesus. And again, think of God. This is, oh, this is God, the one who is I am, the creator. And again, this mystery of the Godhead is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God is revealing to us here in his word that Jesus, the living word, he is the word. So think about it. What is the word? Something that comes out of someone's mouth. It reveals your inner thoughts. So if you speak something, remember this is the same Bible that also tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the word that comes out of us is a reflection of what is in us, be it good or bad or in any other way. So when Jesus, who we, this savior, the second person of the Godhead that we call Jesus because he is our savior and that is how we know him. That is how he has been given to us. But we also know him as the word, the true and living word. He is the word of God. Now go back to the Old Testament. Let us take this to Genesis in the beginning. And what happened in Genesis? In the beginning, God 
created the heaven and earth. Remember, these New Testament verses are also telling us, Jesus, all things were created by him. Now, there is no human mind that can sit down and be calculating and be doing math that's going to be able to figure this out without Holy Spirit revelation. So where all the non-believers always want to come and want to interpret the Bible with their so-called wisdom and they are made to be foolish at the end of the day because they cannot comprehend spiritual things because they are not spiritual and they do not seek to understand the mind of God. They're only seeking to be famous, to crack a code. There's no code to be cracked here. If God wants to reveal his mysteries to us, he can reveal it. He is God, if he wills to. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And then in verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God said, In order for God to say, the very act of speaking is speaking a word. You speak a word or words or a volume of words. But God said, God spoke in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The very word of God, his substance, his strength, his arm now became manifest as flesh and blood to die for us. God gave himself. He is the image of the invisible God. God gave himself to save us. So when Jesus, we are, when we come to understand that the son of God, who is God himself, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit now became flesh, putting aside his majesty. What is this majesty? Is that just someone sitting on the throne? Like these earthly Kings that we look at and think that they are something. This is the one who the Bible says, by him, all things were created. And he came down and was the son of a carpenter. He was of no reputation. Let us quickly go into Isaiah chapter 53. So that we can understand. We can understand the beauty of this Christ. The beauty of his Christ. He was oppressed, verse 7, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he hath put him to grief this is the one who, by whom, 
all things were created. In verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. This is the one that the Bible says by whom all things were created. He created all things. There was nothing created that was not created by him. This is the son of God, the majesty of God, the one who put aside his glory, his glory, the power, the arm of God and came down to this earth as a carpenter's son, having no home, no place to lay his head, despised, treated cruelly, maliciously by the ones who killed him and by we who take his entirety as a platform to say, give me this and give me that. Do we think he died? Do we think he put aside his majesty for the sole purpose of satisfying our needs? That that is the entirety that we take him as? Our supplier. The one who is able to multiply our needs. We are so focused on this life that is disintegrating before our eyes. Everything is going to hell in a handbasket. We've been through COVID and since COVID and all the ones before COVID, now we're in inflation. There is violence across the earth, all kinds of atrocities becoming the norm that the things that are godly are now being looked at as bad things. This is the world falling to pieces before our eyes. The very fulfillment of every scripture that we have heard. And yet every day we open our mouths and think that Jesus died on the cross to make us millionaires. To give us this. To give us that. Forgetting that God has a purpose for our eternity. Jesus died to save us that we will be partakers of that eternity with him. But also that while we are here on this earth, that the message of salvation be broadcast by those who believe, by those who have been given the privilege to believe, to spread this word of salvation, especially as things are crumbling around us. Hold fast even more to this word of salvation. Because if death does not take us first, then rapture will surely come. This 
world will pass away and everything in it. All the things we fight for and we stay just cemented to will pass away. And the minute we hear a word like this, we become defensive about, oh, so am I not supposed to enjoy myself just because I'm a Christian? That becomes the, becomes the defense, missing the entire point of what we should be holding tight in our hands are not the things that will perish with this world or with our life ending in this world. But the thing that God felt to be so important that he sacrificed himself for. He sacrificed himself, not as God, but as man. Every prick, every scourge, every insult, every beating, every nail he felt as a man. Things that he has not subjected us to as human beings because we could not take it. Because we will either fall out of faith, which is more likely what will happen first, or we will die. He put aside his majesty to experience it. So the whole point of this is for us to shift our focus. And let us, number one, stop treating Jesus like a carpenter. Stop treating Jesus like a genie. And stop looking upon him as the form that he had to take when he died for our sins. He sits at the right hand of the Father in glory. Even, if I could even say, more glorified than he was from the beginning because he did a work that had never been done. So he is glorified at the right hand of the Father and he seeks to glorify himself in our lives that we might put our focus on where our focus needs to be. God in his love for us sacrificed himself for our salvation and now urges us to be focused, single-minded and determined to spread this message of salvation to keep our heads and our minds wrapped around this message of salvation that we as a body of Christ, as a church, will come together and encourage one another through our hardships all under the platform of this salvation. Not on the platform of becoming better in this world, but becoming better for the world to come because that is what is important. He had nothing in this world and yet has blessed us with so much. And with the so much he has blessed us with, all we do is ask for more. Instead of stopping to look at who this Jesus is. He is the word, the substance of God. Who created all things and by him all things were created. He is the word of the Old Testament. And the word of the Lord came to this prophet. And the word of the Lord came to that prophet. And the word of the Lord. Go to all the prophet books in the Old Testament. And you will see how God started with, And the word of the Lord came to. That was Jesus speaking. He has always been in existence. And he has always been working. Even as his father is working. Let us stop and put our focus back where our focus needs to be. 
He is no trivial Jesus, and he is no longer the son of a carpenter. He is no longer some guy wandering through the deserts with, with, with 12 disciples on his heels. He sits at the right hand of the Father in glory. Let us reverence him. Let us reverence him. Let us reverence this God. They are worthy, more than worthy. They have proven themselves in so many ways to us. We have to stop and see the God who gave his life for us to save us. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.